Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome in listeners to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're always talking everything college hoops. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus, and we totally appreciate that. So many things that we need to talk about. Welcome back in listeners, we think. We missed last week. Sorry, we apologize for the folks, but we need some we need to do some catching up with kind of everything. Uh, number one, Mike, is everything okay with you over there? Um, dreaming of an all mid-major Final Four. Furman, Colorado State, Liberty, and Winthrop. I'm doing well, partner. And I think we may actually get that because Duke and Kentucky, whew, now you're going to be in the top 25 soon, so – Paladins right now, holding firm at Bama. Oh, we got six. I'm doing well. We will talk a little firm and later. I promise that. That is on the show sheet for sure. All right. So, Mike, uh, first things first. Uh, when we get to seven minutes and 57 seconds in our podcast, we're going to just take a small moment of science for Keontae Johnson in Florida. Um, we've talked to Eric Fawcett a number of times on the podcast. Uh, he was nice enough to Give us a little insight on what was happening. Uh, Mike, I guess the first thing that we'll talk about right there, what was your takeaway from the Florida-Florida State game and Keontae Johnson and his health? Well, first of all, scary as hell. That situation, when he goes down, it was just scary. And, of course, they won't know. He was put in a medically induced coma after he collapsed. There was a lot of stuff on social media. Did that happen because he hit his head when he fell? Did that happen because of the situation with his heart? There was reports today, we're recording on Tuesday night, there were some reports earlier today that he was FaceTiming with his parents, he was talking to his parents, that's great news, Prayer, prayed with him, prayed with Eric Fawcett there at the, at the uh, 757 mark, and you know, hopefully he's okay. It, it, it could be COVID-related, we won't know for a while, but I'll tell you something, that guy's in obviously phenomenal shape. And just prayers for him and glad he's okay and awake and conscious right now, but scary as hell. Scary as hell is the definite term that will stick with there. Prayers out, good vibes out. And I think that's the only thing that we can do. And the only thing we can say, we hope that the listeners just join us in those two things as well. And Mike, uh, I guess the other, you know, there's other top teams that are also dealing with, you know, uh, you know, dealing with their own problems. There's a bunch of teams on shutdown. So, Mike, we got the Zags. We got the Baylor Bears. We got UVA, Duke, UCLA, Houston, Xavier, UConn, DePaul, Northern Iowa. Mike, what's your take on the shutdown? I guess the bigger takeaway is how is this going to affect the season later? Does this – do you think this – is this just going to be – 
is this what's going to happen the rest of the season? We're just going to have literally eight huge programs that are just on shutdown during the season. Are we going to find the finish line? Are we going to find March Madness? We are going to find it. I, I've been saying all along that once we get to better weather, things will, will improve. Uh, Dr. Tony, who is like the third member of the podcast here, uh, right. works out in Staten Island, getting the vaccine shortly. So the vaccines are coming. Uh, he actually sent us, for those wrestling fans, a funny uh, tweet today of the vaccines <laughs> being delivered to Goldberg's uh, <laughs> entrance music for, for wrestling. So Gus and I are big wrestling fans for you. So, yeah, I, I'm going to stay optimistic. Listen, we're, we're optimistic guys. It was really rough there for a while. It, it, right now we're, we're in the, the heart of it because it's cold weather and people are inside and that's not good. A diffusion is the solution. Being outside, fresh air, all that stuff matters. This is rough. It's rough for the top teams. I think it's hurt, particularly a team like Duke, because they didn't have the practice time to, to gel together. So I think your veteran teams that return a lot of upperclassmen obviously have an advantage. This is rough. We will get through it. We will have March Madness in some way, shape, or form. And the reason I'm positive about that, Gus, is because the bubble in the NBA worked. So there's no reason to think that something similar wouldn't work for March Madness in Indianapolis. But I'm trying to say better days are ahead. Warm weather is coming. And things will be better. We, we have to get through a full year of this calendar year. And that will not happen until March, ironically. And once the vaccines are involved, I think that will also help the, you know, the forecast of what might happen in March. And then I also think the final part that I'll throw in there is it, you know, we're broadcasting from New Jersey. I have a daughter that plays on both a boys team and a girls team, you know, for, you know, fourth and fifth grade. And they shut down all of indoor sports until January. So you know that this is serious business. The fact that college basketball is attempting to make all of this happen is a Herculean effort. It is. Every program's part, every conference's part, and on the NCAA's part. Is it the, is it the smartest thing? I, I don't know. That's to be determined. We hope that we don't have – uh, an outbreak uh, from a game or from a practice or something of that nature. But I'll tell you right now, it's nice. It's refreshing. It's comforting. The word is comfort. It's comforting to have college basketball happening, whether it be in a box score, whether it be on your television, whether it be on this particular podcast, it's comforting. And maybe that comfort will then accompany like some certainty. And if we can do that, I think that's where we're headed. Comfort for certainty. It's a great way to say it, partner. I guess the other thing that we need to pay attention to is, and we might need to interrupt this uh, along the way uh, to make sure, but where are you with Coach K versus Coach Oates? I mean, we love Coach Oates. We had him on the podcast uh, for, for Buffalo uh, and, and, and you know, you know, championed that team that beat Arizona in the first round. So where are you as far as the, the Coach K versus Coach Oates showdown. Who you got? I'm like Coach Oates. Here's the deal, Gus. I don't want to hear from Coach K. To the victors go the, spo- the spoils. Coach K, you've had the Santa Monica Track Club handshake when you've been losing for years. Then you do that ridiculous Ivan Drago yelling at the Duke crowd. He's one of us. You know, no, no. Like Drago did yelling at the Russian people and he's fighting Rocky when they were chanting against who was it? Who was the assistant coach, the former assistant that came in? Yeah, and they just said, sit down, shut up. I I mean, they didn't say anything like over the line. 
You love the Cameron crazies. You bought them pizzas for years. Let's get the kids some pepperoni. But they make a comment to Capel and you go nuts. And now this one, you can't say the shutdown thing after you've lost twice. Context, Gus. Perspective. You can't say that. Does he mean it? Probably. Did somebody find an article back in July when he said, great. The point is he said it after they got waxed at home to Michigan State. And they got waxed at home to Illinois. Bad form, bad job, bad context. Can't do it. Kind of with you. It reeks for that one team that I think Capel was a part of where he took the season off for back surgery. And that, I think, is one of the talking points that people will reflect back upon for Coach K. For Coach Oates, he went straight at Coach Cal last year. He's going straight at Coach K this year. He is unafraid to go at the top coaches in his sport. And part of that is kind of what our sport needs. And Mike, we're at 757. So let's take. There's the alarm. Let's take a few seconds. Silence for Keontae Johnson. All right. Prayers and good vibes out to the family. Good for vibes. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So we just wanted to make sure that that was part of the podcast. Hope you didn't mind the uh, little alarm being on. Um, all right, Mike, the next thing that we have is the Ken- Kentucky conundrum. Where are you at with Kentucky, Mike? Are they okay? What do they need to do? This is a thumbnail sketch of like 2020. What is the path to qualifying for the tournament for Kentucky right now? Cause right now, if we if we you know forecast the season out, this team is not going to make the tournament unless they absolutely turn the tables in SEC play. So where are you at with Kentucky? Are you completely worried, or is this just exacerbated because of the small sample size and because of the smaller practice uh, opportunities that each one of these teams has had? And this is just normal Kentucky like feeling their lumps, and they'll be awesome again come March. But will they have the opportunity to be awesome in March? Well, I bank on Cal's sustained success, which is all you can ever ask of these coaches. Are they good every year? Cal has proven it. He had the bump in the road against Evansville, McCarty. Then McCarty's let go. I mean, you know, I mean, it was as bad as it could have been last year to Evansville, and they recovered. They always do. They're good at the end of the year. He gets the three-point shooting up. It's always rough to start. Right now, they're at 24.7% per Ken Palm, 296 mm. in the country. Yes, they lost to Richmond. Yes, they lost to Kansas. Yes, they lost to Got Tech. Thank you for not covering at Florida State. Yet another Florida State pick wrong tonight. Uh, Notre Dame at home losing. Okay, by one. But that was a nice comeback. He has the talent. And more importantly, Gus, unlike Coach K, he's shown the ability to make them better. I'm going to bank on him. I understand they're one and four. But watch them come out. They're going to smack around Vandy. Then they're going to play Bama. I can just see it coming. Are they going to be a, a two seed? No. Okay. But yes, I, I bank on it. It's struggling. I, I He struggled. I think they got to go through Sarmore, who may be a little bit of pillow, but they got to go through him more. Boston is legit. Great frosh. And you know my thoughts on Davian Mintz, who I think is a huge part of what they do, especially as a stopper. So yeah, I trust him. I just think he's shown it. So I'm going to believe they'll get better until I'm proven otherwise. And listen, I think this season for Kentucky is careening towards that eight seed season where they made the final four as that eight seed. And then, you know, who as a one seed wants to see Kentucky 
in the second round, if we have a, a March Madness with 64, that's the last thing that you want to see. You want to see Kentucky getting through that 8-9 game. Yeah. And, oh, nobody wants Oh, dear yeah. God, nobody wants that. Yeah. Jeez, oh, man. I mean, imagine if you're at Gonzaga. Like, you, the last yeah. time, yeah. I mean, I, Gonzaga's that's, that's, not going to – see, Gonzaga will never lose. But I, I'm just – they may not cover that game. How about that, guys? <laughs> but you get my point. Like, that yeah, yeah. situation that they're set up for. So, you can see this 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 Kentucky team that's, you know, it's right now it's like the end of the world. But at some point, maybe they get their they, – they you know, they get their S together. And then in SEC play – we see, uh, okay, Cal's done it again, just like you said. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean with you and say, like, yeah, I trust Cal to get this together. I think one of the things that they might need to do is they might need to play Davian Muntz a little bit more, like you mentioned, but also play Clark on the ball a little bit more, and then maybe have Mintz as an off-ball secondary creator slash three-point shooter on the wing. That might be part of the solution. And to, just to be honest. Boston's got to shoot the ball better. If he's going to be a first-round pick, dude, the, the game is to make shots. If you're not going to make shots, guess what? You better do like 12,000 other awesome things like Eve Pons does, who we'll get to later on the podcast. Oh, oh did you mention Eve Pons? <laughs> I did. <laughs> then, right, like, like, then you better do all of those things to be better, to make your team better, and right now he's not doing that. So, you know, uh, you know, put an APB out to Boston scoring. Where, where is that at? All right, Mike. And, and, and Gus, this all sets up for what in the SEC? Rick Barnes and my Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, it's going to happen, no doubt. Oh, I got to get that Tennessee music going from when we were younger. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So, Mike, after the Ken- Kentucky conundrum, let's get some quick reactions for you. Uh, these are a couple of big games that we've had the past week. Um, let, let's hear what you have to say. So, so Mike, Illinois goes into Duke, beats Duke, and has to go out to Missouri, and they fall to Missouri 81-78. I guess the Tigers are legit, and maybe Io needs some late-game tutoring from last year's Io. Um, that last-second shot with a one-footed three-pointer, I know he was probably expecting a little contact there because Guanza was actually like, you know, shooting from uh, shouting from the sidelines like foul, foul, foul. But at the same point, that's not the last second IO that we're used to from last season, where he was just kind of like you know an absolute dagger uh, in those late game situations. So, Mike, what'd you take from Illinois falling to Mil- uh, Mizzou? And is Missouri, Missouri's for real, right? 
Yeah, Missouri's for real. They're very lengthy. They can guard the efforts there. I think Illinois Great took point. them. I think Illinois took them a little for granted. I I, mm. I do think that's what happened. They came out. They played very well. Mark Smith, Drew Smith, take the ball to the basket. What they do, Gus, is teams like that, and this is how you know Kwanzo's got it going on there. He does a real good job down there. They drove the ball. They drove the ball at the Illinois pack defense and made it compress and made it compress. Ball reversal, baseline. I'm going to drive baseline. I'm not going to drive baseline to score. I'm going to drive baseline for the reversal for the diagonal three. They create Pressing the defense. And I think Illinois just thought they would get it going, but every time they got it going, there was a response. Jeremiah Tillman did a nice job inside, walks on the court with two fouls, but did a decent job. Very <laughs> impressed with Quanzo. Nobody stands out per se, but overall, really good job by them and a nice win. And Illinois bounced back as they should bounce back tonight. Absolutely taking Minnesota to the woodshed. Why did I take the eight and a half with with the Patino? I don't know. But anyway, yes. Because you because you love Marcus Carr, that's why. I do love Marcus Carr, and I thought he would keep it close, but that was a negative. Bad job by me. Right. And we remember last year, Marcus Carr uh, was the player that took down the undefeated Ohio State team kind of single-handedly in the barn. So I, I get why you would want to lean that way. And the one thing I took from this game is, you know, as enormous and as talented as Kofi Coburn is, he seems a little soft around the rim. He seems a little clumsy on the catch. As athletic and as gifted as he is, you'd like to see him convert those easy two-point bunnies and maybe use his girth to just take a moment, go up strong, and at least draw a foul because he is a great shooter from the foul line. I felt like this season, it's almost like he did the Dwight Howard where he's almost like too big for his own good. He's almost too jacked for his own good. True. Taking away some of his feel and some of his touch, whether it be on the catch or around the rim. And I think that that might be an adjustment that he makes when he gets to the NBA that maybe he slims down a little bit and can be slightly more uh, ball friendly uh, around the rim and in the paint. Because it seems like every time he gets a touch in there, it's, you know, it goes up, it gets fouled. Doesn't go in, has no chance. Missed catch. This, that. I, I just feel like he's leaving a lot of points on the table for Illinois. And if they're going to be a Final Four team, he's got to be like he was last season, where all of those catches are quick dunks to the rim or a quick move and a foul to the foul line where he's a great foul shooter. I feel like that part has really escaped him, even though he's added some strength. So I think that's the one observation I'll take from Illinois and Mizzou. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. They they go to Mark Smith. That's who they're going to down the stretch, Missouri. Right. Uh, Io really took him out of the game. Ended up fouling out of the game five points. Hard to see the Tigers if you told me if Mark Smith has five points and fouls out that they win, but they do. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that because like yeah, he's been like one of their go to guys. All right, Mike, time to talk a little Marquette. I know this is one of the one of the games that you talk. Oh, jeez. Oh, work out. Marquette takes down another top ten team. 89, 84, over number eight at the time, Creighton. Something is up with Zegarowski. I don't know what it is, but geez, he's not shooting the ball well. And I'll tell you what, DJ Carton is a different difference maker for this Marquette team, and he's really stepped in. 
he's not like, let's not say like he's filling in the Marcus Howard role, but I'll tell you what he is doing. He's playing the lead guard role. He's playing the leadership role and he's taking the, he's organizing and manipulating the pace of play for Marquette. Really impressed with what Carton's doing. And maybe this is what Ohio State hoped that he would do last year. And if, you know, who knows if, you know, everything changes and is a little different scripted, maybe he's still at Ohio State and they make the final four last year if there was a tournament. This one annoyed the heck out of me because Creighton got up big. They were up like 12 in the first half. This is going exactly the way I thought it would go. This is what I'll say. I have been down on Wojciechowski, okay, for, for many years. And we right. went out to Milwaukee and he gagged it when he could have beat Georgetown with Mac McClung there to earn a tie, the biggest title, didn't do it. I've said that. But he has a team now where there is not a ton of star power besides Colby McEwen, who Gus said was good and I said wasn't that good. And then he went up and dropped 35 the next game, which is what happens on this pod when Gus says somebody's good and I say they're not good. Happens all the time. Colby can Colby- shoot it. Yeah, well, he certainly can. Now, he shot it well against Green Bay. I think he had like 25 points. But right. this game, which was infuriating, is Carton goes bananas from three. He and Listen, maybe he can do that. He had not done that all year. And I, him and Greg Elliott, Greg Elliott entering the year, three points per game entering this game, eight of nine from three-point range for Carton and Greg Elliott combined. Okay, babe. So that was just a nice way to say thank you. Dawson Garcia, the freshman, is very impressive. Gave him a lot yeah. of minutes because that's how you're going to beat Creighton is you're going to pound it inside. And they hit a lot of threes early. And they got back in the game. And then they ended up going one-on-one inside. Theo John was in foul trouble. He's overrated anyway. I don't think Gus's team is that good. I don't trust Wojciechowski. They are playing very well. They are playing together. And if DJ Carton is special, which maybe he is, and we know Kobe McEwen is good. He could be an NBA player. Then this team can go far. But Kobe McEwen has to continue to exert himself because he is the guy there. Carton has to run the point as he is. And he, and this team maybe is better suited than a Marcus Howard team for slap the four Wojo. It's possible. It is definitely possible. I didn't think they could do it. Great win for Marquette. Here's why it's possible. When you had Marcus Howard on the floor, you knew that 35 points was an option at any time, any game. You also knew that you had to do something to disguise him on the defensive end. With both DJ Carton and Kobe McEwen, both players who are going to play in the backcourt for Marquette, there's no hiding those two guys. Those guys are going to, you know, DJ Carton is going to guard every, you know, ball handler and lead guard really well. Kobe McEwen has length and height and, 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 and size to guard pretty much anybody on the wing. He can even guard up a tiny bit. So maybe even though the metrics might not say so, this defensive team for Marquette is a little bit more legit than it was when they had the nation's best scorer. That's right. 100%. Best scorer in Marcus Howard last year. So that's why maybe this Marquette team might have a different profile. Yeah, there was always something with Marquette Gus where they allowed something on defense that was bothersome. Last year, they allowed opponents 33% from three-point range. It's not great. And they were only 46% from inside on offense on two points. So very reliant on the three-pointer. Generated pretty much 25% of their – I'm sorry, 40% of their offense from three-pointers last year. This year, top 50 in defense per Ken Palm, only allowing 29% from three-point range, only allowing 42% from inside – Gus, maybe this is the type of team he needs. Maybe he was tied into Howard. 
and how to let Howard play, who's not a great defensive player, but was so damn flammable. Um, impressive. Styles make fights, and that's what happened here. They made enough shots on offense, which I did not think they would do. They got down 12, but they got back in it with the three. And then if it's a close game, they can play defense, and they pound it inside, and they're scoring. And that's what I didn't think would happen, and it did. Listen, with Marquette, they have some interesting pieces. We saw yep. what Wilson can do on that tip back, on that yes. Uh, a terrible job at Wisconsin. Oh my God. Just right. <laughs> right. You saw what he could do. You mentioned Garcia earlier. He's going to find himself even more than he yeah. found himself in this particular game. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know what? Theo John doesn't have to do anything more than he's doing. What Theo John does is rebound the ball, defend the ball at the rim and make great decisions with the ball. He's not trying to do too much. He's playing his role. So you have three guys with, unbelievable length operating on the baseline. And then you throw, like we talked about before with DJ Carton and, and Nicole McCune, they, they actually have like legit length and size all over the court at every position. Like they're, they're pretty set. So if they can continue to do what they've done in the past, which is shoot the ball really well and run an efficient offense, maybe we're underrating this Marquette team. And I will add this last point. I, I have said this since last year I do not think Marcus Zagorowski is a first-team All-American. I uh, never understood that. I know he, he's 16 points per game. He's five assists per game last year. He was really good, and, and he's a really good player, and he's an all-Big East player. I did not say to myself, one of the top five, ten players in the country, Marcus Zagorowski. I didn't. He is injured. He is injured, so I don't think this is fair right now, but – Am I expecting 18 points and seven assists? No. And listen, maybe he gets hot. I was more excited as I texted you and Dr. Tony about I knew Mitch Ballack was going to get going. That's but right. I, just, I didn't know Greg Elliott was going to be four for four for three. But I, it, the Mitch Ballack game is coming. He's one of the best shooters in the country. I like Zagorowski. Let's see. I just I, I never understood that one. I'm like, one of the best five in the country? Really? I, I like that I, Well, I, I'm one of the people that put him at, in that range. And I thought that because he was playing within Creighton's, you know, potent offensive, like, you know, uh, a profile, that 20 points a game – six assists a game. Like I thought that would happen, but obviously something is a little bit amiss with Zeg. I don't know what's up with him. You mentioned he's a little injured. I think there's something, I think there's something there because he's just not shooting the ball the way that he did. And he's certainly not moving the way that he did last year. That's for sure. All right. If he, if he get, Gus, I'm sorry. One more thing. If he gets oh, yeah. to that level, if you're right and he gets that level, then this team is going to bust up my old mid major final four because Denzel Mahoney's taking his game to a new level. Totally. Bishop is a problem inside. Yep. Ballot can light it up with anyone. This team's a problem. So if Zagorowski really gets that level, maybe he can. This team is an issue. I, I agree, but I think it's all – I mean, we, we have used this term before, but they're very Zagorowski dependent. <laughs> so you, just, you just named the pod. You no, just did it. You named tonight's pod, Zagorowski dependence. Oh, what a great job by you. We did not plan that, folks. Oh. No, we did not. There it is. <laughs> All right. So, and by if, the way, he, Furman, to, Furman to the window covers. Alabama comes back, wins 83-80. Furman covers the five and a half. Thank you very much. We will talk a little Furman a little bit later. Don't worry. And okay, uh, Matt Mounts fouled out. Clay Mounts fouled out. It went right downhill. They went from up five to down three. Clay Mounts. Fouled out. <laughs> I, I love that you know that about Furman. That's beautiful. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little. Uh, we got two more games to get to, and then we'll we'll get to our you know our Eve's Pond segment. Um, so Rutgers absolutely destroyed Maryland. 74-60. It, it kind of wasn't even that close. Ron Harper Jr. looks the part, huh, Mike? Pike yep. 
has this team rolling. Look, this team could have done some damage last year. They were going to make the tournament last year. They bring pretty much everything back. They bring in a top 50 recruit and all of their guys, to be honest, they all look better. Like even Geo Baker, who's injured and playing, maybe this is the same thing that's happening with Zigorowski. I don't know. He comes in off the bench, puts up the points that he puts up. Obviously, Geo Geo Baker, shot maker, He's going to make every shot that is put in front of him, whether it's a bank three or otherwise. Is Rutgers like really this good? Are they going to be one of the better teams? Are they going to be one of the best teams inside the Big Ten? 80-74, Stony Brook beats Vermont back in 2016. Why that is relevant is because Mrs. Randall went to Stony Brook. We would watch that America East final on Saturday morning at 11, right? That's always when it is. This is Randall. When are we getting over the hump? They beat Vermont. They make the tournament. Peichel boats the Rutgers. I like Peichel, but you look at him and go, ah, he couldn't get over the hump. Took five times. You know, he can coach his fanny off. Rutgers was dead. We're in New Jersey, folks. Dead as a doornail. They are hot. They play defense. They have an identity. They went out to Maryland last year and played really well, but they lost it at the end. Geo Baker played. I don't think Gus even needed to play in this game, to be totally honest with you. I think they win either way. But Baker was back, put in 15 points. Peichel is doing a great job. He's got the big guy inside who he recruited, the freshman Amaruli. What a great job by Steve Peichel. This team is legit. They are good. They are top 20 good. This was a big win. Yes, Maryland was a little overrated in the in the nation, but they went in and took care of business. Road win, Big 10 by 14. Sign me up. Totally with you. And then don't forget, Warning was on those teams for Stony Brook. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like big time player on that team in Stony Brook. And, and, and guess what? They have another legit player. Uh, Pike has another legit player in Ron Harper Jr. Similar to not dissimilar from Warning. Make threes, bang inside, guard multiple positions. They, they, they got players all over the court. And, and it was nice to see Gus Hakeem Hart, sophomore guard from Maryland who shot me out of a St. Peter's cover. Nice to see him come back to earth at one point. Sorry, that's personal. <laughs> I, love, I love that you bring these up. <laughs> personal, hockey hard, banging threes. <laughs> your personal losses. And here's the last thing we'll say with Rutgers, and we'll wrap it up with them. The fact that you said this, – this shows where Rutgers is as a program. The fact that you said they didn't even need Geo Baker where their program three years ago relied every possession on Geo Baker. Like that's where their program is at now. The program has gone from either we have a big game from Geo Baker or we can't like compete to they didn't even need Geo Baker to get a road win in the best league in the country. Yeah, Rutgers. That a different level, man. That says it all. All right, so speaking of different level and, and, and a team that we've been sleeping on, Mike, we got to talk. We got to go out to the West Coast. We got to talk some San Diego State. They win another huge matchup against a ranked team, and they take a, out Arizona State 80-68. to 68. Jordan Shackle looked like the best player on the floor for either team, and he looks I'm, – I'm going to say this right now. I think that he is one of the best shooters in the entire nation. Yep. yep. At number one, I love uh, number two. I love his hair. His, his his whatever do he's got rolling. Whoever his, his hairstylist is, that that needs to keep rolling. 
But he, he is one of the best shooters in the nation. And I'll tell you what, they have some pieces that are really interesting there. And they have a win over UCLA and now Arizona State, supposedly the two best teams in the Pac-12. Guess what? San Diego State is rolling again, even though they lost Malachi Flynn, who's a first-round NBA draft pick, and Yanni Wetzel, who ran the pick and roll with Malachi to perfection every single time last season. They have it rolling again. Man, San Diego State's really impressive. Yeah, San Diego State's impressive. I, I did not give them enough credit. They are. Is this Bill Simmons-Ewing theory, Gus, all over again, that you lose the star and all of a sudden you go to the finals against the Spurs? That, that They are legit. Sh- Shackle is tremendous. Totally agree. Lights he's awesome. out. He's, he's legitimately man. one of my favorite players in the nation. I, I Gus, love I totally agree with you. And again, you were on him before me. He is against Arizona State. He's running down the sideline, pulling up mid sideline for three, like between the corner and the top of the three pointer, pulling up no one under the basket. I mean, he's feeling it. He was letting it go and walking back on defense. That's what I knew. That's thank God for in game wagering. I knew he was toasted then. Shackles tremendous. Matt Mitchell, who was outstanding last year, doesn't have to do it all. He's four rebounds, only 25% from three, which is low for Mitchell. Menza inside has been good. Arop is a pain in the ass on defense. Great coach. Great job. San Diego State, absolutely. And somebody made a joke on Twitter, totally right. San Diego State, best team in the Pac-12. <laughs> Shout out to our listener, Josh, uh, to, for San Diego State. All right, Mike, it's time to talk players. Let's start off with our weekly Eve's Pond segment. Mike, the floor is yours. Eve Pons is so damn good. I watched him against Cincinnati. I love his versatility. He's a, he's, his mold is of a Gus player who can, who's positionless. He can bring the ball up the floor. He could guard your center. He can do it all. I love Eve's Pons. I, I'm asking Gus, I text him, we have an Eve's Pons segment on every single podcast. Tennessee's great. He's the heart and soul of Tennessee. Yes, he helped me cover against Cincinnati. I owe him that. Love East Ponds. He does a fantastic job. He's an impossible defender. He can guard it. He can score it. He's a Swiss Army knife. Tennessee's great. And East Ponds, I may need a jersey by the end of the year. <laughs> well, we'll revisit Eve's Ponds next podcast, no doubt. And we're just going to say thank you to Eve's Ponds, but we'll also say thank you to Cade Cunningham. Thank you, Cade. Special, special. Thank you for your under 10 seconds to go. Three-point make to win the game. Onions. We love when great players do great things. Thank you, Cade Cunningham. We're also going to say thank you. Thank you, Remy Martin. Remy Martin, who is on multiple first-team preseason All-America teams, makes a game-winning three to win the game for Arizona State after coming off that tough loss to San Diego State. Remy Martin showing what type of player he is, and he's deserving of that All-America status. And you know what else? We're going to say thank you. Thank you to Georgetown and St. John's for giving us an overtime classic that we didn't know that we needed. But I definitely needed that game. I'm just going to tell a small story and share something personal. I, we were flipping around on the TV. We had like you know some some Nickelodeon or, or, or Disney Channel on, and there was a sing along on, and a bunch of my daughter's friends—not a bunch, but like two of my daughter's friends—were over to, for this little sing along. They had gone home, and I was like, "Okay, let's just flip around." And then boom, I was like, "Oh, okay, Georgetown, uh, St. John's. Let's put let's throw that on." Boom! It's an overtime. 
We have somebody hitting a three. They get into overtime. And thank you, Big East. Thank you, Georgetown. Thank you, St. John's, for a great overtime game, even though there were no fans in the stands. It's exactly what we need. We need Mike Anderson and Patrick Ewing coaching their tails off in an overtime game. So my daughters and I could watch overtime together, and both of them went to bed and said, like, Dad, that was a really cool game. I have no idea who these two teams are, but that was fun. A lot of fun, special for us because St. John's Georgetown means so much. It was a great game, back and forth, loved it, old school, Ewing on the sidelines. That's a great game to watch for your daughter, superior. Uh, it was great. And, and my, my one baller daughter uh, asked, like, why did, you know, why did so-and-so decide to do that? It was, it was a fascinating conversation. It was, it was like a little, like, thumbnail sketch of, like, how each day, each one of our days goes and each one of our basketball practices go. All right, it's my turn, Mike. You got to talk about Eve Pons. I'm going to talk about my, some of my favorite guys. We're going to Go call it that next. Now, this is an old school segment that we used to do for uh, Patreons and maybe on a Friday night podcast back in the day. And what we used to do is just pick out a couple of players that really went off on the mid-major level and we're going to try to highlight those guys. These are not Kentucky people. These are not Duke people. These are not North Carolina people. We are trying to highlight our mid-major love and maybe infuse that love into you guys. So, you know, I got next. And you know who I got on my squad? <laughs> Good luck if you're waiting for winners with this squad. I got Jalen Slauson from Furman. I told you we talked some Furman later on the podcast. Six seven junior is putting up 11 points per game, almost six rebounds and over three assists, 1.5 steals and 1.5 blocks on 64% shooting from the field. He just missed a triple-double in an 81-57 win over the College of Charleston. He does not need to shoot the ball to impact the game positively. I love what Slauson does, and they give him the ball and let him make great decisions. I got Jalen Slauson. He might even run the point for me. Slauson, like all the Furman players, do so many things well. I feel like they're all averaging over one steal and one block a game. And they shoot the three well. And they have a style. And they have a great coach. And they challenge themselves. Slauson is the epitome. In many ways, he's the East Ponds of Furman. That's exactly <laughs> what he is. And you're, you're totally right. I mean, that Slauson is a key, key guy for them. Totally agree. Uh, I love what Furman does and love what Slauson does. Yo, and then if Slauson's not going to run the point, you know who is going to run the point for me? It's going to be Chandler Valdron from Winthrop. 6'7 senior. Speaking of triple doubles, how about a 13-point, 14-assist, 11-rebound game in a 107-77 win over South Carolina Upstate? I know that we're, we're talking competition there. Still, a triple-double is a triple-double regardless of competition. The long point forward runs the show for Pat Kelsey and the Eagles. He's averaging right now 14 points per game, 10 assists per game, and six-plus rebounds per game thus far. Not too bad for those Winthrop Eagles, huh, Mike? No, he's putting up the points. He's putting up the assists. Like you said, last two games just absolutely dominant. Tough guy, Winthrop. Again, great coach here. Pat Kelsey, another situation. Great guy, does it all. 1.5 1.5 steals, 10 assists. Here comes the triple-double. That's exactly what he's about. Yes, it's, he's another key guy on a mid-major team. He's 6'7", does so much. That's the type of guy we love here on the podcast. And listen, if we're going to toss it into the post and we talk Pat Kelsey and Pat Kelsey, you know, flirted with UMass a tiny bit, we got to talk Trey Mitchell. 
Six, nine, sophomore can do just about everything. He scores the rock. He shoots it from deep, can hit threes. He rebounds the ball and defends the ball at the rim on the defensive end. Beware LaSalle. This kid can ball. He's averaging currently over 30 points a game. Mike, you have a little insight on UMass. Are people excited about Trey Mitchell up there? Brother-in-law, UMass guy, donor, the whole thing. Um, I get free cornbread and stuff when I go up to see him. We go to the, the of course we can go to That's great. There's like a pre-meal and there's all, and I'm scarfing free cornbread. He's laughing because the only ones there are like the recruits and me like having cornbread. It's, it's tremendous. I love it. It's, it's delicious. You know, the old, all the old guys, they don't, they don't, they just sit there. They want to have their old, you know, Budweiser, not light, you know, how, okay, whatever. Uh, Trey Mitchell's legit, really agile guy, really versatile, great feel, great footwork around the basket. Yeah, 20 and 10, basically. Steals, active. Not sold on Matt McCall as a coach. Sorry for the buzzkill of the segment here. I apologize for that. But no problem. Trey, Trey Mitchell, very talented guy and can single-handedly carry the team. Um, UMass got off to a really good flying start there against Northeastern. Big win at home. They turn around and gag it by three in the road. That's McCall for you. But, yeah, I, I, love, I love Trey Mitchell. I really do. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then if we get in trouble in the post and uh, Trey Mitchell kicks it out, you know he's going to kick it to. He's going to kick it to Kessler Edwards. Yep. The 6'8 junior can just flat out shoot the ball, Mike. 26 points against Cal in a 74-62 win shows exactly that. The kid can shoot the crud out of the ball and he can just play. He might be this season a 50-40-90 guy, which is 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the line. That's the type of talented shooter that this guy is. That's elite stuff. I don't care what level you're on. I don't care if you're on my my daughter's fifth grade travel team or if you're playing at Pepperdine or if you're playing at Ohio State. If you can shoot 50, 40, 90, I'm pretty impressed. Throw in on the defensive end that that guy gets over a steal and over a block a game, and you got a complete, absolutely complete player on both ends who will mark it down, will find his way onto an NBA roster at some point. We're going to kick it out to Kessler Edwards, and we're going to let him do his damage from deep. That guy can just play. I'm very excited for Pepperdine. They're, they're going to make some noise, and Kessler Edwards is going to you know, be the, the, the ringleader for some of that noise. Yeah, Pepperdine covering against Gonzaga. That's what, that's what Pepperdine is here. West Coast Conference, Lorenzo Romar did a great job. He was with Washington for a long time, had a lot of success. For, they were one seed. Gus and I chart the tournament every year. We, we remember these things. Nate Robinson was on that team, Gus. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Kessler's tremendous, 
great player, another key guy on a, on a mid-major team. Romar has this figured out here because, again, they're 28th in the country, 25.6 percentage allowed from three-point range. So he's vital. They make their free throws 85%. They're fourth in the country. He's a very key guy for a good Pepperdine team that is going to be a pain. They're going to be a pain to St. Mary's. No surprise there. They're going to battle our guy out in San Francisco with them as well. And, and Gonzaga will be tested a little bit by Pepperdine. Love what he's doing. And Kessler is right at the middle of it. Totally agree. Rowan Colby Ross with him. And then, man, that, that team is two legit players. All right, Mike. Let's get to your let's get to your thoughts because sometimes the, the the not sometimes but all the time the listeners are going to want to know where your mind is at for what games you're looking at and what action you're going to put on those games. So, Mike, what are one or two games that you're looking at that you really like? Who is Randall running with, and what? Why do you like those games, and why do you like those trends? Was very excited about Colorado State. Don't forget my Nico Medved love. He does follow me on Twitter, by the way. There's a name drop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Love Colorado State. Isaiah Stevens, Isaiah Stevens was the Mountain West Freshman of the Year. He's back. This team is loaded. David Roddy is Kirby Puckett redux on the basketball court. If anybody remembers Kirby Puckett for baseball, the Twins, thank you very much. Love that Colorado State team. They got to the window last night. Tonight, St. Louis, love them as well. Mid-major team and firm in covers. Thank you for my pick of the day. Now, for tomorrow, I wrote up Ohio State-Purdue. The question is, E.J. Liddell, is he going to be available? He did not play in the last game, and that was not a good game that they played against Cleveland State. They did not cover at home. Ohio State not shooting the three well right now. They shoot it well against cruddy teams, but against teams that have guarded, they have not shot it well. They are undefeated. They are ranked number 19 or 20 in the country, and they are going to lose tomorrow against Purdue. They're going to come into Mackey Arena Travion Williams, I've been a fan of. Matt Harms, and give me 30 seconds here. The idea that Matt Harms was the second coming of like Hakeem Olajuwon on the transfer market is ridiculous. Matt Harms could not start over Travion Williams. He goes down to BYU. We're going to be excited when BYU is, is pounding Utah Valley with Mark Madsen doing his dance over there. But Matt Harms is not a difference maker against a good team. So let's take it easy. Travion Williams, sorry, that's totally off the off the mark here. Travion Williams dominates inside. Stefanovic can go toe-to-toe with anyone in a three-point contest. Eric Hunter, the whole thing. Yes, they gagged it against Larry Nega in Miami in the second half, but they're home. Mackey Arena, no one's there. It's still a tough place to play, and I'm going to bank on Liddell not playing. Even if he does, I'm going to lay the four. I like Purdue tomorrow night, Gus. Am I crazy? Listen, I think you that rant answers that question. I Matt Harms is absolutely amazing. Oh, BYU's got Matt Harms. Oh, okay. How about cheese? Purdue's got Zach Eady. Is there any difference? And he's a freshman. He's doing great, by the way. Seven four. I mean, anyway, I'm sorry. Oh man, that's so. Anyways, I'll, I'll try to. Right, <laughs> you said so that game. All right, so uh, <laughs> I got one more. Can I sneak in one more here? Sorry, you got it. Just heard on Twitter today that NC State's flying down to play St. Louis on Thursday. Uh, uh, little, little, yeah, yeah, little uh, sneaky game there. Hassan French, my other crush. Give me Eves Ponds and Hassan French, and we'll go there against the Stookie Brothers or Billy out in uh, what was that show? White men can't jump. We'll go play right. those guys two on two. Love St. Louis. NC State's coming in. Ken Palm's got that St. Louis by three. I think that's a great, great game. They, Gus, St. Louis is so good. They are they are great on offense this year. 
They're always great on defense. On offense, they're tremendous. They are entered tonight shooting 45% from three-point range, guys. St. Louis, with the defense they play and the turnovers they force, they're going to score now. And by the way, 75% from the line, which for St. Louis is like shooting 212%. This is is deadly. I like him against NC State. I like NC State a lot. But I, I think St. Louis is legit. A uh, big win tonight over Indiana State, and they did have the cover, Gus, if you follow such things. All right, so I, I think I'm <laughs> sorry. That was fantastic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> listeners, I uh, I hope that's exactly what you come to the podcast for. That's And by the way, if you're not following Mike on Twitter, please give him a follow, at Randall Rant. Uh, please give the podcast a follow, at SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course, and you can always find all of Mike's thoughts, ruminations, and, 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 and you know beliefs over at the Action Network. So if you're on your laptop and you need to go hit that, go hit the Action Network and hit up Randall Rant, and he'll tell you exactly what's on his mind, whether it be for fantasy football or for college basketball like we just are here. Really, just really quick, really quick. Fantasy football, I got to mention this. The pressure is enormous. I do that Sirius XM League where we do the draft on Sirius. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jake Seeley, all those guys. Gus, I'm 13 and 0 with this team. Okay? Stop it. I got two weeks left. I'm playing this week. The title's next week. I was going to say, is it, is it like the, the, are the playoffs soon? Like, what? I don't know. I'm the not playoffs, a they got two weeks left, man. We got four teams left, two, two games, right? Okay. Fantasy Jock sponsors it. They donate a belt the size and weight of this fantasy belt, Gus. Hulk Hogan's got nothing on his belt. Do you know how badly I want this belt? I'm 13-0. I got the most points. Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Stefan Diggs. I need two wins to the window, Gus. Anyone want to bet on me winning this week and losing next week? I mean, come on. 13-0. The pressure is unreal on social media. Got to bring it home. I'm done. Uh, Listen, I think all the listeners are rooting for you. I don't know if there's any like college basketball listener out there that would not be rooting against you in fantasy football. That that <laughs> since you mentioned Goldberg earlier, like let, let let's bring it home. Let's go. Mrs. Randall goes, "Where is this going?" I go, "I'll tell you where it's going. It's going right out in the front door." She goes, "It's not going on the front door." So we is it to be next to the Christmas tree? Is that a thing? Yeah, no, I think it's it's going as you know, going down the second level there by the little home yeah. bar in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you, whenever you sidle up, I'll, I, Gus, I need it. I mean, I haven't been challenged all year. I mean, this would be a disastrous loss. I, I, I guess my only question is, do you have any Seahawks on your team? Uh, yeah, I don't have a damn Seahawk, which is also a problem. I mean, we're, I mean, we, everything we've done is touched. T- touch I'm waiting for Dalvin Cook tomorrow to get COVID. I'm really ready because it's <laughs> the only thing that can do for derail me right now. We taste some hell. I got taste some hell. Drew Brees, take your time, buddy. Have a Peter Kalata. Give me two more weeks and come back. I think I think those ribs are gonna are gonna help. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All, right. All right. Let's finish off. Let's finish off for the listeners here and take a little look ahead. How's that sound? Yeah, um, please. My two cents on what you just said with Ohio State and Purdue. Um, I totally agree. Uh, besides Washington, nobody really from Ohio State is really lighting it up, and I think that's the part where if Seth Towns ever gets healthy enough, yes, yes, totally different. he could fix that problem. Absolutely. And that's the missing ingredient for Ohio State this year. If he finds his way on the floor, even if it's only for 20 minutes a game, but he can stretch the floor a little bit, like you mentioned for Liddell when he's healthy, then that team's kind of interesting. That's, that's where Ohio State kind of you know, adds a little bit of a wild card to what people are trying to plan for. 
And then and my, and my argument, Gus, for them is remember last year, Holtman's great. Ohio State's great. Love everything about him. Yep, they, yeah, yeah. they in the middle of the year, West Virginia neutral lose by eight. Wisconsin home lose by four. Maryland away lose by 12. Indiana away lose by 12. So it can happen. And I just think it happens tomorrow night. Yeah. You know what? It's accurate for you to predict that. And I think with St. Louis, we know that St. Louis is going to defend. Their biggest bugaboo, like you mentioned, they were the worst free throw shooting team oh. Oh. in you know college basketball last year. I think I don't think that's a, uh, if they can just make their make make some shots from the line. If they can actually shoot it a lick from three, forget it. If they're going to defend at the level that they've been defending at, which is like you know they've been one of the better defensive teams, and their pace of play obviously determines that. If they can actually have some shot making and good, you know. He's one of the better rebounding guards in, in the nation. We love yep. him. You mentioned Hassan French. He's an unbelievable rebounder for his size. So if they can get some shot making to accompany their defensive prowess, look out. All right, Mike. So let's. Guys, I'm not, not going to let you just casually drop that stat without telling you you were correct. St. Louis was the worst free throw shooting team in the country. Three hundred fifty third, fifty seven point one. Well done by you. The right, worst. Yes. That was not that was not in the show notes. Uh, show sheet. We've gone off the show sheet. <laughs> I agree. All right, let's look ahead for the listeners, Mike. Uh, let's go to Thursday. Let's go uh, Kansas, Texas Tech, uh, and then we'll also go to Friday and to Saturday. So, Mike, very quickly for Kansas, Texas Tech, is do you think there's something that stands out to you? Uh, is there something that uh, pace of play, maybe a matchup that you're looking forward to for either one of those teams? I think it's a great game partner. It's away. Texas Tech is home. I will tell you that Self was deadly on the road last year. Something like 9-1 and one against the spread. Something insane. Maybe 10-1 and one before the stoppage. I'm going to roll with Self. They're going to get two points, three points here. Texas Tech, Chris Beard, absolutely great on defense. They can go through spurts where they do not score. McCormick's got to play well inside. Maybe Garrett is healthy now. Uh, just based off last year's trend, prove it to me, Bill. Bill on the road self in the Big 12, let's be real here. I'm going to take Kansas with a couple points. If ever gets up to three and a half, I may go all in. But I, I, it's a great game. I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to go Texas Tech. And I think okay. really what's going to determine this is going to be the pace of play that you see right away. Yep. If it's going to be an up-and-down game, I think you go advantage Kansas, no doubt. If it's going to be a slowdown game and we're looking at like a 27-31 game at halftime, then I think that's exactly where Texas Tech wants to play. That's right in their house. I also think that you want to pay attention to Kansas not being able to score. They, they, it's not like they've had a blowout game where they put up 90 or 100 points. That hasn't happened. So if you're going to go up against a really stout defensive team right now, I know we have a limited sample size. But right now, Texas Tech is actually the number one defensive-rated team via Ken Palm. So if you're going to go up against the number one team in the nation defensively and you've already had trouble scoring, I don't know if that's really a recipe for you to win on the road. So I'm going to lean Texas Tech. That's fair. I, I'm putting a lot of eggs in the Jalen Wilson basket here to score yep. on the road. That's fair, Gus. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's go to Friday. And by the way, you mentioned you, you mentioned this game uh, or a player from this game earlier. Um, how about BYU and San Diego? Oh, <laughs> how about how about my guy uh, Mency going absolutely to school on Matt Harms and destroying him down low? Does that 
can Nathan Mency maybe do that for us? Is that is that is that a plan? Oh yeah, yeah, Mency, yes, absolutely. San okay. Diego State by twenty. I'm not I'm not even messing around this. I just don't think BYU. Listen, Pope's a great coach. I just yeah. think we're, we're, we we still have a BYU hangover here. They're not as good as last year. On no. the road, they're not going to be scoring a ton. Don't like it. San Diego State's super impressive. BYU is not going to stop them. This isn't going to be like Cincinnati going down and grinding stuff out or Marquette coming in, you know, Carton, okay, inside, Theo. That's not happening here, okay? So basically BYU is going to – we're going to score San Diego State. Uh-uh, I don't think so. Give me San Diego State. I'll lay the points. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I love San Diego State here in this spot. And I'll tell you another thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this speaks to like how good was TJ Hawes? Like <laughs> – I know. I know that's that, right. He had that much control over the offense and was like that, like, you know, you know, that that much of an influence. And people were picking them to go to the final four before even brackets came out. Like they were a very trendy final four. And like BYU is just like an also an afterthought. And like Matt Harms is just like another big white guy on their team. I, I don't know. So anyway, uh, let's go to Saturday. And Saturday is like a huge slate. Everybody, do me a favor. Cross your fingers. Just cross your fingers that you get to watch all of these games, okay? Everybody, as college basketball fans, let's just let's just hope, and we'll put hope in your favorite, like you know, in your favorite jar, and keep it there until Saturday. And then on Saturday, open up the jar, let the hope out, and we get to view all of these games. Let's go to UNC Ohio State. We talked about Ohio State earlier. We haven't really discussed UNC on this particular podcast. Do you have one feel for the Tar Heels and the Buckeyes? You know, this is an interesting one. It this is. is a really hard one to figure out. It's at it's in Ohio at the Rocket Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, so it's kind of going to be a home game for Ohio State. But is it really? I, yeah, yeah, it's in a neutral. I, right. Um, if Liddell's back, I'll take Ohio State. This line's going to be super close. Garrison Brooks has been solid inside. They had a rough run with Iowa, but they did go back and forth with them. Tough loss to Texas. This is a toughie. This is a real toughie. I need a full Ohio State team in order to feel confident in taking them. Otherwise, I'll take the Tar Heels. Really close game. Great game to watch, too, by style points. If I were leaning one way or the other, I would definitely go UNC here. Here's why. I think with their four bigs, they're just going to be a little too much inside. And I think Ohio State is going to try to guard any one of those four bigs with a smaller player. And that mismatch hopefully is going to be, uh, you know, hopefully taken advantage of by UNC. So I'm going to say UNC. I know the line's going to be pretty close here, but I'm going to say UNC wins by double digits because of wow. their inside. I'm really feeling that against this Ohio State team. And again, this is the same Ohio State program that I picked to go to the Final Four last year. So it's not like I'm, I'm dismissing them. I'm just saying I think that this matchup is a bad matchup for Ohio State. Any effect? I'm just curious. Ohio State gets their doors blown off against Purdue or beats mm. Purdue tomorrow. Does that affect you at all or no? no. It, like what I'm saying is would, would, you, would you be affected if, if one or the – like if Ohio State gets their doors blown off and Liddell comes back, any nervousness or, or it really doesn't matter? doesn't matter. No, it does not matter to me. I think it's very matchup dependent. Okay. I think especially because that is a league game and I feel like that maybe Ohio State and Purdue will put a little bit more weight on that particular game than perhaps the the ACC and the Big Ten matchups. Sure. 
because they know that league game is going to matter that much more. So I think that that energy and that effort is going to be put out there. So I'm going to say, you know what, UNC might take advantage of that wasted effort or that Ohio State burnt effort, if that makes sense. That's fair. Sure. Great. Yeah. How about uh, Louisville and Wisconsin? Speaking of that matchup, uh, both ranked right now. Uh, you know, you have uh, you know Carly Jones, and you got the bigs of Wisconsin. Did you ever feel one way or the other just off the bat here, or are you not sure about Louisville quite yet? Yeah, get me on take lock on this. I'm down on Wisconsin. It was the Marquette loss. Right. They battled tonight against Loyola Chicago at home. They pulled away. They did cover, uh, but it was close. I mean, now Loyola's got Crutwig, which which makes a difference. They were down. They were, it was close. Loyola was up. Then they got down 12. Crutwig brought them back. Uh, right now, I'd say Louisville. Depends on the players are healthy. They've gone through a lot of injuries. Carleek Jones is still great. Yeah, I got to wait to see that one. I got to wait to see the line. I'm not buying Wisconsin yet. I like Wisconsin. I've liked them all year. Veteran team, COVID, here we go. Haven't really impressed me so far. Uh, be, um, you know, Early on in the season, I just expected them to be a little bit better. The loss to Marquette annoyed me. They let Rhode Island back in the game, even though they don't shoot threes. They did win tonight. Eastern Illinois by 10. I don't know. I'm saying Louisville, but they are banged up. And if they come in really banged up, I'll probably stay away. I think Wisconsin, I think this is a stay away game as well, but I think the biggest thing to pay attention to here is can Louisville handle the Wisconsin bigs and does Wisconsin have anybody to handle David Johnson? David Johnson's like a really special player. Is he going to just be ordinary in this game or is David Johnson going to be special NBA-ish David Johnson? If he's going to be that, then I think you could lean Louisville, but if those Wisconsin bigs are going to do what they're, they've been doing, then I think you lean Wisconsin because I don't know if Louisville has the arsenal to go ahead and guard both those guys. And let's just end with the big one, right? I mean, let's cross our fingers and hope that we – Oh, I hope so. I'd give a toe for this. I'd give a little toe. Yeah, right? I mean, little toe, I'd give uh, – I don't know. I'd give the four-pack of beautiful craft beer that's that's, that's in my refrigerator right now. I would just give that away if I can if I can watch this Gonzaga Iowa game. Mike, is there one way that you're leaning between these two unbelievably gifted offensive teams? Yeah, where I'm leaning is to pick you up in the car, your old red God. What'd you have the red Audi when you were a kid? And we're driving out to the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls to watch this game. That's what I want to do right now. That's my <laughs> lean. Uh, I think it was a stop. I, I think stop. Yeah. Sanford Pentagon. Yeah. Fran McCaffrey, Mark Few. <laughs> Fran McCaffrey, Mark Few. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Zags. Iowa was impressive, and they shot the lights out against North Carolina. I just don't think they can shoot 97% from three-point range again. I'm going to go with the Zags. They're deep. They actually play defense, which Iowa does not. I don't think I, – I was very dependent on the three-point shooting. I know Garza is solid. We know that he's a great college player, not taking anything away from him. Normally on a neutral court, have bigs will travel, and Garza helps. I see a close first-half game with Gonzaga pulling away because Iowa gets a little cold from three at the Pentagon. That's my prediction. I am not taking Fran McCaffrey over Mark Few. Here's what I think is going to happen. Luca Garza is going to meet his match and Drew Timmy in the post. I think that's going to be a standstill. I know Garza has put up bananas numbers, like absolutely bananas. He's the player of the year right now if we stop the season, no doubt. Um, even if everybody else played like four more games, he'd probably still be player of the season, uh, player of the year. I get it. 
I think that matchup is going to be a standstill. I think Timmy's that talented. I think he's going to give him that much like resistance. Here's where I think the, 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 the tide is going to turn. The fact that Gonzaga has length on the perimeter to close out on any three-point shooter yes, very good. is going to put on the floor, whether it be Suggs or Kispert or Watson, like those guys have length and will hustle on the defensive end. Now, look, of course, Gonzaga plays at a certain pace and Iowa plays that same pace where they're going to give up points. But I think that talent and athleticism on the perimeter where they can close out on those three-point shots and you're not going to see those 19 made threes like you did uh, in the last you know, Iowa game that you might have viewed. And I think that's going to be the change of script. And the ball control and the shot creation off the dribble that Gonzaga holds on the offensive end, I think it's going to be something difficult that Iowa – hasn't really dealt with. And I don't think they're going to have to deal with inside the big 10. Like if we look at Michigan state, like maybe Xavier Henry can do some stuff like that. I I don't know. Maybe Marcus Carr can do some stuff like that inside the big 10, but maybe besides those two players, maybe I'm forgetting something. Forgive me if I am, but I don't know if they're going to deal with somebody like Jalen Suggs. I don't know if they're going to deal with somebody like Andrew Nebhart. I don't know if they're going to deal with somebody um, like Joel Yayi that can like create off the dribble and shoot off of, of movement. Like, I don't think that's a thing that they can handle defensively. They could probably handle the bigs that Wisconsin puts out there. They could probably handle like what Rutgers does at a slower pace, but I don't know if they can handle this high pace and all the talent on the perimeter. So give me the zags. And I think for those multiple reasons, the two ways that Gonzaga has been, I don't know, somewhat marginally challenged this year. Right. Can- Kansas shot eight to 18 from three and they hung right. around. I mean, Gonzaga yep. beat them at 12, but they hung and they dropped a hundred on them, but they hung around and West Virginia grabbed 41 rebounds. So uh, yeah, I mean, on paper, you could get 20 boards from Garza on paper. The 12 McCaffrey boys could make threes. I, I get it. I just don't see it happening consistently. I don't see a team like Gonzaga shooting 65.3% from inside the arc. I'll say that again, 65.3%. And by the way, say the Our Father and Hail Mary now. Gonzaga shooting 29% for three-point range, 250 in the country. Imagine they start banging threes. This game's over. So your analysis is spot on. I have nothing to add. They're going to need rebounding in threes, and I just don't think in a Pentagon it's happening. I don't, I don't see it. If it was at Iowa, I, I, once out of every six, seven games, sure, maybe. Not happen at the Pentagon. I'll take the neutral court. I'll take the Zags. That sounds great. Listeners, let's hope that we all get to view the games we just talked about. Everybody, please cross your fingers. Send some good vibes, college basketball ways. Of course, please send some good vibes and prayers in the, Definitely. In the direction of Keontae Johnson, of course, and, and the Florida Gators. <sighs> Mike? Anything else for the listeners out there? Yeah, prayers and love for Keontae Johnson. Keep those prayer emojis coming. Uh, Not a smooth transition here, but just to end on a good laugh. St. Mary's doesn't cover against Eastern Washington. Thank you very much. Not surprised by that. And by the way, Gus, Ohio State-Purdue opens at Purdue minus three and a half. Right now per Action Network app, 84% of the bets are on Ohio State. The line has risen to four and a half. 
Sasha Stefanovic for three. Here we go. I think you're onto something there. <laughs> Listeners, we hope that you enjoy the analysis that we're giving you. We hope that uh, we and, and honestly, thank you for letting us come into your speakers, your headphones, however you're consuming us. Um, if you really like what you're listening to, don't forget to give the fo- podcast a follow and maybe leave a nice review. And uh, we'll catch up with you before you know it. And uh, Salancho Gatsulazia, thank you so much for listening and letting us keep you company along the way. I was positive it was going to be East Ponds as the title, but Zagorowski depended. Damn, good job by you. <laughs>